Hello and welcome to Sentences, a writing podcast. And for our next webinar, we discuss the value of reading. And we also wanted to give tips on how to get your kids into reading. Now, you may be asking, I thought this was a writing podcast. What does reading have to do with it? Um, And my answer is a lot. Because in our experience, in order to be good writers, your kids have to be good readers as well. So enjoy this webinar recording along with Margaret Spillman, a published author who also happens to work at Sentence Center, and Maya Baliut, a guest high school junior. We talk about how to get your kids into reading. Enjoy! Welcome everyone to our webinar for tonight, our October webinar. We've done about two webinars in the summer and in the fall, and this is our third. And um, we we love this topic. This is one of our favorite topics. We talk about it with each other, Ms. Margaret and I, uh, with our students. And just because we're bookworms ourselves, you know, we love talking about it. And we also want to share with you some tips and strategies uh, for you to work with your kids. And um, let's keep in mind that this is an interactive, as you can see, we're a very small group. Um, As usual, a number of parents signed up and we expect them hopefully to come in later on. But for now, it's just the five of us. So let's keep this as interactive. Let's keep it more of a dialogue rather than, than us just talking to you. Um, So feel free to ask any questions you can ask in the chat. You can turn on your camera if you want. um, And um, you can can engage with us in any of the topics or any of the questions that we have. But before anything else, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Chino Baluyot, and I run Sentence Center here at Burlingame. But we are 100% virtual, so we can reach anyone, anywhere, um, at any time. And... um, we, uh, like I said, you know, I, I personally, as a an educator, I've been teaching for over twenty five years. Um, I, I teach writing. I teach a little bit of. Re- I, I, you know, I, I was a language arts teacher, so I also taught reading, and it's it's something that's close to my heart, which is why I love talking about it. And over to my left, I don't know what orientation you guys are seeing it in your Zoom is the awesome Miss Margaret. Um, and I'll have her introduce herself. So hi, everyone. I'm Margaret Spillman, and I am here in Alameda, what I like to call Oakland's fanny pack. And uh, I am also a teacher, but I'm also a writer. So I am very invested in kids reading because I need them to read my stuff. I need them to read my work. I need them to grow up to be wonderful, amazing uh, readers so they can support this amazing writing community here. And um, we really are lucky here in the Bay Area to just have an amazing, vibrant literary community that we're excited to bring all of our students into as we teach them to love of language. So I can see that uh, Mr. Chino is helping some parents get in <laughs> to the meeting right now. So I'll go ahead and uh, talk a little bit about why reading is so vital. Uh, and you're here, so you already have an idea of why it's so important to your children, to their lives. It's not only something that is crucial at school, just to get them through school, but it's something that will inform how they become learners and how they become interpreters of the world around them. There are some pretty uh, sad statistics out there of how many books adults read once they get out of school once they're no longer forced to read by parents or teachers. So uh, that's why it's even more important to cultivate a love of learning, uh, not just a a practice of uh, reading, a love of reading, but just a practice of reading so that it can stay with them lifelong and then inform not only their schoolwork, but their writing, 
the only way to learn how to write effectively is to learn how to read. We learn to write by learning how to read. And it also gives a, an alternative pastime to things like Minecraft or Fortnite or Roblox or all of the things therein. Um, and amazingly, you don't have to keep buying downloadable content to keep going with all the books. You don't have to keep buying Robux. You can just enter this amazing magical world uh, of your choosing. And even more than that, it can connect them to other people, whether people they've never met whose stories they're getting to read or uh, you as a parent learning books that you love, things that you want to share with them or their friends. Uh, it's wonderful when we're teaching to have a student bring up a book that they love and then see the rest of the class have their eyes light up and go, me too, me too. And suddenly they all have this connection because they've all shared this book. So there are just some of the reasons why um, this is such a vital skill. It's not just to please their English teachers. Uh, and Mr. Chino, I'll hand it back over to you. Yeah, this is just a slide that I wanted to share. Um, as to why reading is so important for all of us. As Ms. Margaret said, it's super important at school. I'm seeing it also more now because I teach the older kids and kids who are applying to private high schools and college, they're all, you know, um, they're, they all have to write essays. So it's super important. Um, it informs writing. It makes it, you know, um, I always tell parents who come and ask me, what's your, your biggest advice to help my child improve? And it's to read, frankly. That's, that's um, you know, that's what I always say. And um, I, I've seen it so many times in, in, in the years I've done this. Um, the stronger readers always, almost always equate to the better writers. So that's why it's so important. The second, uh, the third thing is it gives kids an alternate pastime. So, um, you know, when, when the devices are off, when Wi-Fi is down, oh no, or when, uh, you know, when, when they, they're, they're sick of staring at screens, this is an alternate pastime, definitely. And it can be a family activity. Um, I just wanted to share this picture. This is me uh, way back. And this is my son. And as you can see, we're both reading. He's a toddler here. He's he's a, less than a year old. Of course, he's not reading. He's just looking at it. But um, as long as, you know, ever since he was a child, you know, we, we just exposed our kids to books. And, um, you know, he's kind of reading Superman while I was reading, but, um, you know, it's, it's just a good family activity, lots of bonding involved there. So um, what we're going to do now, the second part of our agenda is um, we are going to talk about strategies that you can use, specific things that you can do today uh, for your elementary, middle, and high school kids. So I'll go ahead and hand it over to Miss Margaret, who will talk about the younger kids. All right, awesome. So let me quickly share my slide here with all of those visual learners. Um, you can see where I'm going with all of these different ideas, and uh, I will do my best to follow uh, the bullet points as clearly as possible, but feel free if you have any questions or comments uh, as I'm going along, you can put them in the chat or feel free to unmute yourself and go ahead and ask those out loud. But the first thing that you want to do with young readers is build habits. Like anything that we do, reading takes practice and they are not going to be great at it right off the bat. I have made my life all about reading and writing. It is my profession, it is my pastime, it's my community. And I was a struggling reader when I was younger. And I had two parents who were both writers and English teachers. So you can imagine how that went over in our house. But uh, you learn how to build habits. And the easier that reading becomes because of those habits, the less intimidating it is, the more exciting it becomes and the easier and easier it gets. 
So one of the things that you can do to build these habits with your beginning readers is to make sure that you are uh, encouraging regular time and conducive space. And this can be a really big challenge because you're busy, your kids are busy, they're doing so many amazing things. Uh, but if your child is trying to fit in reading um, while they're driving to soccer practice and maybe their siblings are teasing them in the car and they haven't had their snack yet and all sorts of things like that it's going to be really hard for them to focus on the words on the page because the words on the page are not going to be as interesting as annoying their sibling or asking for a snack or whatever it is, shiny object that's over in the corner. Uh, we're all easily distractible and kids especially. So just setting up a quiet time and space, I recommend not their bed. Bed, our brains instantly associate with sleep, hopefully. <laughs> um, and so if your child has trouble um, staying focused or following along, if they're reading in a space where they usually do something like sleep or maybe the it's the same place where they usually play video games or something like that uh, it's not going to be as conducive to focusing on that book making sure that it's well lit is really really important um again that the dimness can make us all sleepy so uh well lit easier on their eyes also help keep them awake things like water nearby um, can also help. Instrumental music is also something that can uh, help if you have a child who is uh, easily distracted by other sounds that are going on in the house. I am that child. And so I often read with instrumental music going on in the background to kind of drown out my cat's howling or my husband burning something on the stove just so I can focus on what I need to read. Um, and setting as much consistency around time as you can. Uh, this, you know, it's a bit of a wish list. <laughs> Schedules can be all over the place, but making sure at least half an hour a day can really uh, ramp up not only your child's reading ability, but their writing ability and just making it a regular practice also means that there's more opportunity uh, for it to be associated with positive and not negative. Uh, so that if it's something that's happening every day, they know it's happening every day. If one day they're in a mood and they're like, I don't want to, the next day they might be like, yeah, I'm, I'm down, I'm ready, I'm ready to do this. So it gives them the opportunity to work through whatever emotions they're bringing to that day and not associate it with their reading time. Uh, recruiting reading allies can be a great strategy for your reluctant readers. Uh, do they have a friend who loves to read? What books is that friend reading? Do they have a friend who also is a reluctant reader? Can you collaborate with those parents? Be like, we're both going to read Captain Underpants this, <laughs> this month. Uh, but having it be more of a social uh, activity. Reading can be very lonely, especially for uh, younger children who like attention, who like to be in the thick of things, don't we all? So uh, even just reading with them, not just reading out loud to them, but taking a minute for yourself, reading half an hour in the chair next to them. So it is not uh, a solo activity, but more of a social one. And go where the books are. Like I mentioned before, we're really lucky to be in a vibrant literary community here in the Bay Area. And there's so much to take advantage of. So going to independent bookstores, those booksellers are going to have awesome recommendations for your kids about uh, books that are out or coming out, things that they can get excited about. Librarians are superheroes. So going to them, asking for recommendations. This also gives kids a sense of ownership on what they're reading. They've picked it out. Um, 
they have decided on it. And so uh, they can want to read it more than a book that was handed to them and feels a little bit more like schoolwork. The next step after you've got a habit is making sure they're actually comprehending what's going on in the book. And uh, this is a lifelong journey, but uh, sometimes you might find that your kids are, it's the words are going in one ear and out the other. That's okay, happens to all of us. But ways to encourage comprehension are to ask open-ended questions, ask them what they think is gonna happen next in the book. Ask them, what are the characters like? Ask them, uh, what is interesting? And if you get that all too often, nothing, or I don't know, uh, the key phrase is, well, go to the text, open it up, pick a page, pick a sentence, have them go back to the text, uh, go back to the sentences, be like, find something that describes, describes the character, find the answer in there. Uh, another way to encourage uh, comprehension is marginalia. Now, uh, some people like a lightning bolt might descend from the sky and hit me where I stand, but I, I will confidently say that it is okay to write in books. I know that that is anathema to some, but it is okay to write in books. Or what I do, I use post-it notes and I put my comments in books. And this is something I've done since I was younger. If you saw my um, middle school textbooks, you'd have a really good laugh because I was very sassy in the margins, being like, why are we learning this? What good is this? What does he mean by this? So they can even be sassy, they can even be angry. But if they are engaging with the text, responding to it by, writing in the margins or writing on post-its or writing on a separate sheet of paper, they are encouraging comprehension. Uh, a ruler can also be really handy. Uh, for those of us who have trouble with those big blocks of text, just using it underneath the sentences. So as they move along, they can follow more clearly. And uh, the last bit, is just to encourage imagination around this. We are all different styles of learners, different styles of readers. And so part of uh, encouraging children to read is encouraging them to find their particular reading style. So maybe after they've finished a chapter or finished a book, maybe they're ready to summarize it and they can just summarize it verbally for you. Awesome. Maybe they need to draw the character or draw a map of the world. Or maybe they need to act it out with action figures or clay or Legos or stuffies. Allowing imagination to enter and kinetic and tactile things can be a great, great way to kind of ignite a spark for a student who is feeling a little, um, a little bit like reading is dull. And lastly, uh, something I like to remind all of my, my learners and all of my parents that this is a marathon, it is not a sprint. So focus on lifelong learning. Uh, like I said, I was, I was a struggling reader. I was a struggling writer as well. Now I got stuff translated into Italian and Korean and all sorts of other languages and have read my work at museums and festivals and things like that. But it's because this was a lifelong journey, not something that just one day clicked. Uh, so if they're, they're struggling today and they're struggling tomorrow, knowing that as long as they keep building those habits, when they keep at it, uh, that they will get there. And as much as possible, Though sometimes it can't be helped. Some people, <laughs> sometimes people are just going to see reading as a punishment and that's okay. <laughs> Hopefully that will change as they open the book and get into it. But associating reading as a privilege, not a punishment, is something that we get to do, that we get to spend time doing. Um, and one of the ways to do that is to keep a variety of books accessible 
have them in your car. If you carry a purse or backpack, have them in uh, a purse or backpack. Uh, have them in all the rooms of your house <laughs> in different drawers. Um, have books around because there will come a time where the electronics have run out of batteries and everyone is just too bored and the world is about to end and oh well, I guess I'll read. And so books can come to the rescue in that way. And also being open to the, the fact that this is about discovering a reading style for your child, which might not be the same as yours, which can be really frustrating. I um, cannot do audiobooks to save my soul. If you had me listen to an audiobook and try and tell you what happened in it, I would freeze. And I've gone to school for this. Uh, whereas my husband, if you had him read a book, it would go in one ear out the other audiobook. He's got it on lock. Everybody has a different style. And so some of this is just about discovering what works for them. Maybe uh, ebooks are really easy for them to read. Maybe it makes them zone out. Maybe they need the tactileness of a physical book. Uh, maybe they like audiobooks. Um, maybe they need structured timer method where you set a timer for 30 minutes. Maybe that makes it feel like punishment. So it's just like 30 minutes today, you've got to read this book. So just finding what style works for them. All right. And this is something that I could go on and on and on about, but I will go ahead and hand things over to Mr. Chino. Is there anything you wanted to add about anything I said about um, encouraging our younger learners? Um, I love the uh, I love the suggestion of using action figures just because I'm a big action figure and comic fan, as you guys will soon find out. Um, but yeah, I, I, I totally, um, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to build on what, what Margaret said about these strategies, because now um, we're going to talk about the older kids. So uh, before anything else, please, if you have any questions, if you think of any questions, put it in the chat. Thank you, Setlana, for putting your question. We'll, we'll address them at the end of the webinar. But if you find, if you remember something or if you think of something, type away and we are more than happy to answer them. So uh, let me go ahead and share my screen. So these are for the older kids. So if you have a middle, middle or high schooler, these are some of the things that I found um, to be effective for them. So the first thing is now that they're middle schoolers, now that they're older, now that they're teenagers, they are, um, you know, they have their own interests. They um, they hang out more with friends. And um, what I you what I I would do is I would definitely I would always be keen about what. Uh, my teenager, my students, and my kids were interested in. And that's where I would kind of hook them into reading. So to give an example, if you were to ask your teen right now, or if we, if we, were, if we were to ask a teenager right now what they're doing, I would say more than 50% would, would, would probably say video games, a video game of some sort. Is that correct? So um, what I would do is I would buy books about video games. I know it's not literature. I know it's not, you know, the things that we do at school. But for example, I have this book set. When we were here at Sentence Center, um, when we were still in person, I would leave books outside our lobby so that kids who were waiting for their, um, for their parents could read. And this was the most popular book set that I had. It was a Minecraft, an unofficial novel about Minecraft since that was the thing. As you can see, there, there used to be six books. Now there are four, two of them. I don't know where they went, but they were so popular that, you know, kids love these books. And I would see kids who never picked up books, you know, just at least try, you know, they'd, they'd look at the... Uh, they look at the the covers first, you know, the pictures, and then slowly but surely they would look at the text. 
So that's one thing I'd like to do. I, I, I like to do is I like to, you know, ask the kids, what, what are you into right now? What are you doing I mean, during the weekend? What, 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 you know, what, what keeps you occupied? And if they would say something video game related, then I would, you know, think about books that have something to do with video games. Um, one of the books that my son really loved, he was, he's into video games. It's called Ready Player One, which is also a movie. And it's all about video games, retro video games, modern video games. And he ate that book up because he loved the topic. So that's the first thing that you can do. If your kid's into sports, just like me, I often recommend Sports Illustrated. This is a magazine. This is nonfiction. I know this is Tom Brady. So if you like Tom Brady, then good. If you don't, sorry. But um, I love this. Even as a kid growing up, because I loved the NBA. I was a big Bulls fan when Michael Jordan was in his heyday. And I'd read this every week when I got the chance. And it also got me into reading. And this is nonfiction. So we have fiction, nonfiction. So try to um, hook back. I uh, try to um, try to go back to their interest. So let me go back to my screen. There we go. Okay. And by the way, everything that we're going to present, we are going to send in a handout. So not to worry. Um, I'll, I'll go back and forth to the slide. So the second thing is, um, as, Ms., as Margaret also mentioned, other formats are helpful or can be helpful for kids. Not for all, but you know, it's best to try. So for my kids, what worked for them? Audiobooks, definitely. Some people can't listen to audiobooks, um, especially for prolonged periods of time, but they loved it. So um, just a quick story. The reason why or the way they got into Harry Potter was that we borrowed you know, those CDs, those big bulky CDs in the, from the library, we borrowed like a seven setter CD of, um, of uh, Sorcerer's Stone. And on the way to LA, we were driving to Disneyland. We just popped it in the car and it was the quietest, most peaceful ride ever because they were just listening. They were riveted. In fact, when we got to LA, when we got to Anaheim um, and we were there, I, you know, kids, we're here at Disneyland. And they're like, wait, 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 we want to finish this audiobook. <laughs> and we were in the parking lot. Come on, let's go. No, we want to finish. So uh, that's one thing that really got them into writing. Now, ebooks is something that personally I can't really get myself into. I know a lot of younger kids do. My daughter right now, and these are pictures of her. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about why I put her pictures down there in a bit. But she loves ebooks. And she... Um, and there was this one time, you know, I was worried that she wasn't reading enough books anymore because we would usually go to the library, uh, to the Barnes and Noble, as you can see in this picture, and she would buy two or three books every week. And um, one time it just stopped and I got worried and I, I asked her, why aren't you reading anymore? And she said, oh, everything's online now. Ah, so she has her source, though for ebooks and that's where she reads watch movies so movies are one good way to connect books and um and reading so let me give you an example and again i'm going to shift to myself um one one way to have your kids um get hooked into reading is to pick one of these series that we all know about harry potter okay this is a seven book series eight movie series so if they're reluctant to read maybe have them start by watching the movie first and then if they love it you can say you know where that came from this came from here and then maybe they can start to get curious maybe they can start to read and then they can read book two and three all the way till seven and then you have watched the movies for two three and then you compare so there's so many ways to do this so i would pick like a book slash movie series so you've got them hooked okay other examples percy jackson now this is a this is a very popular book series there was a movie of 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 the lightning thief it wasn't very good from what i heard from my students but the mere fact that they were talking about the book and the movie that was awesome and then it also got them to read book two 
four and then other Rick Riordan books. That's how my kids got into. Uh, my kids also love the golden compass. Okay. And one way to determine whether the book has a movie tie in is just look at the cover. So if you look at there, now a major motion picture. Um, so you could definitely do that. A lot of Netflix series now are, are made from books. And if you can make that connection with them, who knows, maybe they'll pick it up. And uh, finally, one of my, my kids' favorites, The Hunger Games. Um, the first book was great. The second and third book, according to them, I'm just going through what they say, were long-ish. The movies were pretty exciting. This is pretty intense. So this is more for middle school slash high school kids. Not so much for elementary school because the, the topic is kind of mm, dystopian. Okay. So let me go back to my slide and uh, talk about the others. Make personal connections. So uh, Margaret was talking about, you know, having conversations with them about the book. Yes, absolutely. Please do that. Like dinner table, you know, um, instead of just think and just, just, just asking, uh, what did you think about the Hunger Games? Maybe you can make a personal connection while saying, don't you feel like the hunger, you know, when you play basketball or volleyball, or capture the flag. Don't you feel like it's kind of like Hunger Games? So you make those personal connections, and you have them. Um, you have them make it relevant to their lives. And finally, the uh, the reason why I have the pictures here is um, what I used to do as you know when they were younger, and even now that they're older, we love bookstores any place that we would visit, whether, you know, we would go on trips, we would go abroad, I would always look for the nearest bookstore. And I would take them when they're young. This is my daughter, Maya, when she was, uh, oh my gosh, she's probably first grade then. And she, um, she, she, she's still wearing her school uniform. She used to go to um, a private school. And um, she, we would, you know, Right after school, we would go to Barnes and Noble. That that's what our thing was, and um, it's just a good place to hang out. She could pick books. Um, the difference between a bookstore and a library is that in the bookstore, the um, you have more recent books. Um, you can see the covers displayed nicely. You have all these big pop-up um, posters. Um, sometimes if you go to a Barnes, there's a Starbucks there. So it's more homey and inviting. Um, and if they, if their eyes get tired, they can, you know, when, when my kids were small, they would go to the Thomas the Train track and then just play around. So um, that's why we like comic stars. We also went to libraries, um, but for um you know for for hours and hours of fun <laughs> we would prefer the bookstore would we buy anything after sure yeah i i would tell the kids um and this is also when they were growing up i i can spend you know i i whenever if they wanted to buy a book there was no limit absolutely no limit to how much they could spend if they gave me a stack of books and it cost over a hundred bucks, I'd buy them for them instantly. But if it were like, you know, candy, Robux, video games, that's when I put limits. But for books, I never put limits. Um, and one thing also, comic stores. Um, I'm a comic book fan. Uh, one thing that that got my my son, I don't know, uh, my son, and, and maybe a little bit my daughter about to reading was that uh, we were. I, I always like to go to comic book stores and just hang out there while my wife would go shopping in other stores, and my son would tag along. And um, you know, this is one of the first books that I read as a child, Spider Man. Now, some of you are thinking like comics. Uh, my my son is still reading comics. You know, it's and I should stop re him from reading comics. I would say. Um, I, I wouldn't stop because this is, you know, this is, this is, uh, for me, this is a piece of literature. If you look inside, okay, it's also quite text heavy, especially the older ones. Okay. And um, this is sort of my gateway into reading. And um, I, I would say if you're concerned about, and I'm already answering one question, if you're already concerned about, you know, um, too much comics, I would say maybe, you know, pair it with a chapter book. So give your kid a, a graphic novel if he or she would like. 
and then say, okay, now you've read one. Why not try this book too, which is kind of related, um, but it's a chapter book. So um, you don't prevent, just sort of add on. That would be my biggest tip for audiobooks. I mean, for comic books. So um, let me just go back and share that slide once again. Okay, so those are my five tips for middle schoolers and high schoolers. Um, you know, read anywhere, read at the park. Um, that's my my daughter. Now she's a, like I said, she's a teenager and she, um, she, she prefers audiobooks, but she still reads a lot, which I am very thankful for. Okay, so that those are my tips for middle schoolers. So what I'm going to do right now is I am going to just show the handout and, of course, share this in my uh, in, in the chat. So you'll have that in the chat. Let me just go ahead and share that here and I will share my screen. And we also have a special guest um, that I would like to um, introduce in one second. So this is the handout that you just received. Um, it's a presentation summary, you know, why reading is so vital and things you can do today, elementary school, middle and high school, and some little recommendations at the end. Um, and I'll go, I'll talk about that in a bit. But before that, I would like to introduce my daughter, Maya. You just saw her picture. And uh, she is, um, she, I, I, she's a busy high school junior. But I was able to twist her arm for her to come. No, I'm just kidding. I was, I was able to um, ask her and she agreed very nicely just to talk about her as a reader and um, what really got her into reading and how she developed that good habit. So hello, Maya. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How is everyone? Everyone is well. Everyone is well. And uh, we, have, uh, we have four parents here. Miss Margaret, whom I, I don't know if you got you've you met her before, but um, but Maya is um, she she's been part of Sentence Center for the longest time. In fact, she writes a lot of our essay models. So um, I you know I my my main question and and Margaret you can ask her as well is how did you get to be such a strong reader or a good reader? What what made you love reading so much that it's now a habit? Um, that is a super good question. So, I mean, I think I started reading like as a normal kid does, like parents make you read, give you books, make you go to the library, pick out books that you want to read. And I'd say that's the most important part is really um, finding books that interests you. Like don't read anything that you don't seem to like. Or like, for example, if I got a book and the first few pages weren't interesting, like I wouldn't force myself to read it. Um, that's like a super important thing because I absolutely hate reading anything that doesn't interest me. So for example, like nonfiction books, like I probably have never read a nonfiction book willingly in my life. Um, so it's all like fiction, like fantasy. Lately, I've been really loving like romance, like whatever like floats your boat. I'd say just tell your child or whoever you want to start reading to read what interests them and to like pick out a topic and maybe explore a few topics. Like there's a lot these days, there's like sports. Um, and if your child's also like on social media, like TikTok, they have a lot of good recommendations. There's like this whole like trend called book talk now. And so I found a lot of good books off of book talk. Um, another thing is, but when I was younger, obviously, like technology, I didn't really use it as much. So I'd always be reading hard copy books. And then I'd have to go to the library or like Barnes and Noble and find like a physical copy of a book, which could be really difficult. Um, libraries don't always have what you want to read or you probably don't have the time to go to Barnes and Noble and make like a trip or you don't want to order it like on Amazon. So I think a really good thing is online books if you want to expose your child to that. I really enjoy reading online. It's super easy for me. Like in class, if I have some free time, I'll pull out like an online copy of a book I'm reading or if I'm on the train or something, I can easily pull it up on my phone. And that way, even though because I'm super busy, I have a lot of homework, extracurriculars, I can still find like a few minutes every day to read um, something that I like. So 
that's I'd say how it started and how I've kept the habit going. And obviously I used to read a lot more, but I still find the time to do so now. So that's awesome. Thank you so much, Maya. That that was great. Um, I didn't know about the TikTok stuff. I thought TikTok was only for food recipes. <laughs> no, there's so much now. <laughs> um, Margaret, do you have any questions for Maya or did you want to ask her anything? What are the books you're reading right now that you would recommend? Currently, um, let's see. There was this one book that I saw on TikTok too. It's called Atlas Six. Um, and it was released like a few years ago. It's really like magic focused. So there are a lot of, there are like a bunch of kids and they're focused on like magic training and it kind of follows their lives. And it's really funny because the sequel, the second book actually came out yesterday. So I just downloaded it online and I'm really excited to start reading it, but I've been looking forward to getting to read that soon. Um, so I'd say that's what's on my to be read so far. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. One last question. Um, do you have a memory or do you remember anything about, you know, when you were a kid? Um, one thing that kind of helped you get into reading or one thing that you did that that now you're like, oh, it, it, it you know, it, I'm a better reader because of it. Um, I'd say I do have a lot of memories of going to the public library near my house, South City Library. And I think you or mom or someone would just bring us there. And I would sit in like the little comfy chairs in the reading section and just pick out a book and start reading. Um, and I'd be there for a while, actually. Like I would sit there and just read the book as usual. And after maybe like 20, 30 minutes, if I was really into it um, and I was like, oh, this is really good. Like I want to finish and continue reading this. I would take it with me, check it out, bring it home. But if it was something that I was like, uh, I don't know about this, I would put it back, go browse the shelves, see something, another interesting cover or like a cool title that I would, I would be in the mood to like look at and then just take a look at that one too. So for me, I do like a lot of browsing to find something that I would really love to read um, because if not, then I would not be able to make it like two or three chapters in. Okay. Wow. Thank you very much. And, and, and Maya still does that, by the way. We still go to the library. Um, we still go to Barnes & Noble. And, um, you know, she, she's very meticulous when she's picking books. Um, um, which is good. She's very selective about what she consumes as a reader, which is awesome. Okay, well, thank you so much. My, if you can, I don't know if you have a lot of homework, but if you can't stick around, um, some of these parents may have questions for you. Um, but uh, really quickly, I just wanted to share this screen again. Um, so all of you have this um, handout. And like I said, it's just a summary of what we talked about today. Um, some of the examples that you heard were, uh, were will be in the podcast recording if you want to revisit. So um, other things we recommend, um, you can subscribe to our weekly Substack newsletter. It's a website and it's also a weekly newsletter that uh, Margaret curates and does an awesome job, by the way. Um, and she works hard every week to make sure that we get student um, samples, great student models there. Um, she recaps what we do, do in class every week. And she also gives reading and writing tips. And I think the, the pinned um, topic for our, our newsletter is our fall reading list. So if you need more recommendations, you can click on that website um, and also subscribe to our weekly um, newsletter so that you get more book recommendations. Um, you can listen to our podcast. This recording will be there pretty soon and any other future websites, uh, webinars will be there soon. And also tell your friends. Um, if you found this useful, maybe they will too. And finally, join a book club. So we are, and I'm, I'm, I'm also going to talk to Margaret about this, about perhaps having a book club because it's consistent with what, we sh what she said about reading buddies. So if you have access to any book club, teen book club, kids book clubs, you can join them and or have your kids join them so that they can get excited about it. Okay, so I have shared that. Um, 
any questions. So now this is this is our dialogue part. Feel free to ask me, Margaret, Maya, anything and everything about reading. We could go on, like I said, we could go on for days about this. And we'll try to answer every question you have. Uh, but before um, that. If we could go ahead and jump into uh, Svetlana's question. So uh, if it's all right, I'm just going to read it out loud that she says, her house and car are full of books, but she needs to work on the correct books. And uh, first of all, awesome. I love hearing that your not only your home, but your car are full of books. Uh, that is a wonderful place to start. Um, just to get an idea so that I can make my answer the most useful uh what do you mean by correct books like are you trying to get uh your reader to read more chapter books or are you just looking for something to challenge them yes um, more to like build different vocabulary because i know that mm. my son struggles with spelling and i know he's constantly he even went to his school library i'm like what and now that i'm paying attention i didn't realize it goes yeah they're all those comic graphic novels and so there's like hardly any chapter books he've had mm. it and the and the difficulty I guess is that also he would get in the past he would get books that he would finish like a book in a less than a day he wants a series great he's reading but they're so low like he's a high reader yet there is that comprehension is not there and the spelling I know it's going now with writing, but it's like the spelling and he struggles with, with the same writing. And I don't know how to get him to get the higher level books that he would really interest on that he could read, not just like finish and then there's no comprehension. <laughs> yeah. So um, graphic novels and comics are great, but they are uh, fast. They're speedy. And um, sometimes you need a bigger meal. So one strategy is, and I have an example here, I have two books, The Plain Janes, uh, which is a graphic novel, and First Day on Earth. And these are both by the same author. This is a chapter book, this is a graphic novel. And Cecil Castellucci, she's actually a Los Angeles author, uh, who's absolutely wonderful, um, has a ton of books out there. Some of them are graphic novels, some of them are chapter books, some of them are for middle school, some of them are for high school. And so a good place to start is looking at those uh, graphic novels or comics that he devoured too fast to comprehend and just searching online the author's name and seeing if they published anything that is a chapter book. And that way you're going to the library with a plan and asking the librarian for this or, or the bookseller this is, this is what I want. Um, another good strategy for chapter books, you're saying he wants a series, he wants something he can really dig his teeth into. Uh, we are in kind of the golden age of young adult series. It used to be that um, authors were kind of expected to publish one book, one and done, or maybe there'd be like four years and you would get a, a new one, maybe. But now you're you're supposed to enter a publisher with like a, three books on your mind. So uh, when he goes to pick up those books, asking the librarian, asking the bookseller what series they have available, uh, what, what age is your, your child right now? Sorry, he's 12. He just turned 12. 12. Yes. Oh, awesome. Happy birthday. Uh, so off the top of my head, um, the Warriors series, not about Steph Curry, unfortunately. It's uh, about uh, different tribes of cats, uh, is wildly popular right now and um, has lots of great vocabulary words in it, lots of action and so many books. Like, I don't know how this author does it. <laughs> so many. Some of them are graphic novels. Some of them are chapter books. Um, so that's one strategy, Mr. Chino. Uh, anything you wanted to bring in on that? Yeah. So um, I, I think along the same lines, Aaron is, um, you know, I, I, I've seen Aaron in class. He's, he's um, enthusiastic. He's, he's such a, uh, an engaged kid. He loves playing games. Um, he loves that start of the class. So maybe get him something, you know, maybe, maybe get him something 
to do with games, um, not necessarily computer games, but you know, just just any type of game type of of, of or books that revolve around that subject of playing games. Um, chess, maybe if he's into that, or any type of game, and then you can you can look up the subject, the topic, and then some book recommendations will be can be given. But um, but yeah, uh, I think like I said, comic books, graphic novels are a good gateway. But um, you know, try to look for um, books with the same topic and of the same author at a higher level. So, but thank you for asking that. That's great. And, and please send our regards to Aaron. Um, and we have, we have a question. Uh, where do we get good audiobooks? books? Uh, for us, it was in the local library. We would, like I said, we'd borrow those big folders with like eight CDs in them. Um, that was way back. And now you can just download. Um, the, the, the most popular site is audible.com. Um, it's an Amazon website, so you could you could also do that. And um, and Margaret, you also had one. Uh, Libro is one you can use. I just because I am a writer, and we have some with Amazon. Um, uh, there are um, Audible adjacent uh, platforms that aren't through Amazon that you can use. Libro is one of them. Um, your local library should have downloadable ebooks. And I believe the system, I can check on my phone right now, is now rebranded as Libby. Yes. So if you have a library card, you input your number, you can get ebooks and uh, you can get audiobooks. And also there is another program called Hoopla, which should also be free. As well, uh, where you can get audiobooks, ebooks, and comics and graphic novels. And you can also do um, Kobo, which is an e reader that allows you to support local independent bookstores. Great. Maya, do you still are you do you still listen to a lot of audiobooks? Not so much, no. I'm more of a visual person, so I prefer reading a book, but I do remember listening to audiobooks when I was younger in the car, like on the way to school. And I thought that was really great. Um, but unfortunately, I don't listen to them as much. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was just telling the group, I'm not a big audiobook uh, person. I'm more of a, I, I like podcasts though. Um, so um, that kind of, you can also introduce your kids to podcasts and hopefully that gets them into audiobooks as well. I also included in the chat, uh, well, you guys are thinking of any final questions, a link to that Substack page that has our fall reading recommendations. We'll have our winter reading recommendations coming up soon. And we pull those not just from the teachers at Sentence Center, but also from our students. Uh, so that uh, not just hearing our um, out of touch, ancient opinions on what to read, but the, the current uh, hot new books. So that should be coming up as well. Well, if there aren't any questions, I guess this is a good place to end. Thank you so much for joining us. And hopefully this was helpful. So good night. Thank you so much, Maya. And uh, I'll see you in a few minutes. And uh, thank and, you. Uh, and thank, thank you, you all for um, coming. Good night. Good night, everyone.